You're listening to The Breakthrough Pod, the show dedicated to help you learn, grow, and become the best version of yourself. We share inspirational stories, strategies to overcome failure, and life lessons from truly amazing people. Let's get started with your host and founder of Student Breakthrough, Sam Moynet. So my first ever guest on the podcast is the legend Dale Sidebottom. I've known Dale now for about a month and I feel that some people come into your life for a reason. Dale was the one that really gave me that push to start this podcast and I'm so grateful to have him on as my first ever guest as we talk all about overcoming setbacks, what makes a great teacher and how to bring energy, fun and play into our day-to-day lives. Hope you enjoyed this first ever episode and live your best life. So I've got the amazing, inspirational, fantastic Dale Sidebottom with me today. Dale, thank you so much for being on the Breakthrough Pod, the first ever episode. Really Woo! appreciate it. Sammy, my pleasure, mate. And well done, buddy, for getting a podcast up and running. I'm uh, very honoured to be guest number one and also excited to see you grow, mate. I've had the pleasure of uh, having you on my podcast and a couple of webinars together, and I love your style and energy. So excited to see where today goes. Yeah, I think it's just it's, it's great that... I think you were the one that gave me that little nudge. It's been an idea I've had it for a while, as I said on that first episode. But um, I think sometimes in life you do just need someone just to give you that kind of, I guess, little show you the way a little bit. And um, I really appreciate it. Thank you so, so much. Now, Dale, you've done so much great stuff in education, um, in fitness, and you're been all over the world. But I'd love to just to start with, um, I guess, a bit about your journey and your background into education. And yeah, just a bit about you, my man. Yeah, no, Sammy. So um, I grew up in country Victoria in Australia. And uh, so about two hours from Melbourne for those people overseas. And you can probably tell by my accent that it's not as lovely as yours, Sam. Um, I'll get to a story about when I was in London. But um, growing up in the country, it was just Australian rules football in the winter and cricket in the summer. And I know in our podcast, we spoke about the test, mate, the the Amazon series, it's still probably the best thing I've ever watched. And thank you very much for recommending that. If you haven't watched that, that is unbelievable. Particularly episode seven, I've never cried when Ben Stokes just uh, with excitement for him. That was even though he nearly lost the ashes for us. But anyway, I'll get back to that in a minute. But I grew up in country Victoria in Australia and it was just sport my whole life. And um, one, uh, I was very grateful when I was in high school that um, I got a lot of energy and I didn't excel in a lot of classes because I felt that teachers didn't have the respect or build those relationships. But there were two teachers, my PE teachers, that um, accepted me for who I was and actually really invested time in building those relationships with me. And um, I absolutely loved it. And from then, I was, I was very fortunate. I flourished. And I always wanted to give back to people what those what Barry Simmons and Graham Waite gave back to me. And I still see those two often. Um, and it just makes me smile that they actually changed my life and I wanted to have that positive impact on others. So fast forward, I went to university, did four years of PE teaching, um, taught in primary schools, high schools, I've uh, taught in the classroom, taught in London for three years, uh, lived in Hammersmith with all the other Australians, taught at a, a really nice uh uh, primary school called Ravenscourt Park Prep School, just near Hammersmith there on the park. It was um, it was amazing. I remember the first day I was there, Sammy, I, I rocked up and um, all the boys have got blazers on and, and little cricket caps. And I thought, wow, this is a cool school. Like all the boys are playing cricket today. But 
that was just a uniform. It was like they all had their baggy greens on. Um, so I was very fortunate that I was, uh, yeah, I worked there for uh, two years and had an absolute blast. And since then I've, I've come back and um, run a company called Energetic Education and I've done that full-time for three years now. And I've had the pleasure of uh, travelling the world and, and I've been to 22 countries now running workshops for students, teachers, corporates um, and adults. And uh, one thing I've found that I'll talk about today is that if you can make whatever you're doing fun and engaging, then you're on to a winner. And, and like we just did on our um, webinar together then, that it doesn't even matter if you're on the other side of the world through a screen, particularly if the pandemic we're going through, you can still have some fun and probably needed more so than ever. So that's uh, Dale Sobel in a nutshell, mate. Nice. That was a great overview, my man. Um, I've got a question about, firstly, what makes a great teacher in your eyes? Well, I think what makes a great leader, individual, anybody, and that is their ability to make relationships. And life is all about relationships, I feel, your connections you make. And I talk about this, and we actually just spoke about this before, mate. I call it connection before content. And what that means is whatever you're doing, do not just go in and start ramming content down somebody's throat. You need to build connections. And like Barry Waite and Graham Simmons did for me back in the day as a, as a, as a high school student, that they build those relationships with me. They fostered that time and they took that energy at the start to do that. And, and like I did with that webinar we just did there, that I, I started off with a silly game of heads or tails coin flip or pick the, pick the suit of a, of a card. Um, and what that does is it breaks the norm. People can see a different side of you, all right, and they also can resonate with you. You're trying something different. You're trying to, you know, win them over and show a side of you and, and break down those barriers. And, and what I find is when you are a little bit vulnerable and you show a side of yourself, it's a way to build that safety net and trust. And that is how you do it. And for me, the number one key is relationships. If you've got a relationship with anyone, then you can really, those barriers, there's no barriers holding you back. Whereas if you don't show a little bit of yourself, and particularly a good teacher needs to be vulnerable, you need to show that side of you because then it allows our students to realize that, oh, it is okay to make mistakes. It is okay to try new things because that's what we're here to do. But life is all about relationships. The better relationships you have in the life, the happier you will be. And that's exactly the same as a teacher. Yeah, and I really resonate with that. Um... And I've got another question, which is what's the link for you between like a great relationship and vulnerability? Like, what's the connection there? Ooh. Well, I feel that you can't have a great relationship without being vulnerable at the start. Um, mm. If you are not showing all your true self, then you're being a fake. And that will really hold back because then the other person will be the same and you'll have this sort of wishy-wash sort of Botox relationship that it's not really you, but it is you. You know, you're turning up, but you're putting on a mask. So if you want to really break down barriers, and particularly we're talking as a teacher, that is what you're doing. You're leading, you're inspiring. If you're not going to give the full true self of, of who you are, then how do you expect your students to do that? So I don't feel you can have a powerful, trusting, safe relationship without vulnerability at the start. Yeah, I think that vulnerability, it just builds, like you said, that connection word earlier. I think if I went back into education now, I'd be way more vulnerable with the classes that I taught in terms of really telling them who I am. But I think that's why great teachers are those great teachers because they let you in a little bit into their life, right? Yeah, that they do. And, and I think... Oh, hindsight's a wonderful thing. And uh, I'm sure, well, I know when I go and run workshops and talk to students or do like a, 
I'll get teachers watching me do a session with the students, then yeah, I'm really good at it now because I understand that. But it's something that people need to gradually gain over time. And it's not go and be Sammy or it's not go and be Dale the way I do it. It's finding ways that show your personality and you feel comfortable doing. And um, that is through trial and error. It's not just going to come naturally. And it is, there are going to be some absolutely monumental stuff ups where things don't go well, but you're just laughing yourself. That's a learning opportunity. <laughs> and then you figure out, all right, I can do something better the next time. And um, my thing is you'll never know the possibilities of an unbelievable relationship unless you try things. And, and that comes down to being vulnerable and putting yourself out there. Yeah, amazing. And I've got another question to go back into your story. Like, what was the link between you primary school teaching in London and then this, the journey to energetic education? What was that link? Great question. And and I think one of before I was uh, I got my full time job at Ravenscourt Park. I did six months of supply teaching in London. And I don't know, have you ever done that, Sammy? No, I was going to go down that route, but I dodged the, dodged the bullet, I think, with that one. <laughs> well, mate, I've never in my life experienced something like it. And uh, it was character building. I'm going to just put it at that. But it also taught me that um, my teaching styles, and this is where I got this connection for content, because I would roll into one of these classes. Each day there would be 30, 32 kids, um, and they'd have a different supply teacher every day. So there was these kids were like, bang, how can I just destroy this Aussie, Kiwi or Saffir's day? And and my thing was at the start, I was letting them. I was coming, rah, 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 I was yelling at them. I wasn't building any relationships. So what I started doing is I would roll in. I wouldn't even tell them my name, right? And I do this with all my workshops now. I've told you I'll play four games with them straight up. By the end of that fourth game, they go, sir, sir, who are you? It's like I was a rock star. And I would have them eating out of my hand. I would tell them who I was and I'd say, look, I've got an even better one after recess. After lunch, I've got another one. But I'll tell you what, if you're good, at the end of the day, I've got the best game of them all. So what I ended up doing was my days were so easy because instead of just crowd controlling getting these kids over, I'd win them over. I'd build those relationships. I'd get that connection. Um, and what I found was I had a lot of other Australians and guys I was playing Australian rules football with in London. So cliche. And they're <laughs> like, mate, how are you doing this? You're, you're really enjoying it. We are hating teaching because it's so hard. And so I found I had this huge stack of just games and I was carrying them around. I thought there's got to be an easier way than this. So I put them all into my first app. It's called Class break. Um, and it's essentially I designed it for what I needed for supply teaching in London. So it's a one-stop tool for everything you'll need as a teacher, games, resources, ideas, dad jokes, um, brain breaks, everything on there. So I put it into an app and from there, I just got this little bit of a bug. So I mean, I suppose that's the entrepreneurial side of me and I made another 30 apps and then I started doing eBooks and courses and uh, podcasts and webinars. And yeah, it just sort of, when you start putting yourself out there, like you, um, you know, opportunities start coming. And I suppose it's the same with relationships. If you're vulnerable and you try and foster good relationships and you allow more people into your life and I suppose that was with me with um, making that first app putting myself out there and um, I was very nervous about it because I wasn't an expert teacher I wasn't the best teacher but one thing I did was I was passionate about what I did and um, I've made myself an expert in what I do now because of that passion and hard work and um, I know I've gone a little bit off topic but that is where it all started from supply teaching in London because I needed 
what I was doing wasn't working. And I'm so glad that I stuck at it because I remember I was living with another guy and he was, he was, he was a removalist on four quid an hour or something. And he goes, oh, we've got jobs if you want. Cause he'd seen me come home and I drink beers every night because I was so stressed and I was hating it. And I'm like, no, nah, there's gotta be another way. And I'm so glad I stuck at it because, um, it has changed the way I connect with people. And not only that, I teach teachers, trainers, coaches, everybody the same philosophy now. Hey, I love that. And I think it's, it reminds me of that quote, which I spoke about recently. It's all that Steve Jobs quote, where you look back and you connect the dots and you know, all that stuff was meant for you to create the life you've got now. But it's funny how you could have gone a different path. Like we all could have taken if you hadn't stuck at it or you know, things maybe didn't go your way or you, you got so wound up with teaching that you didn't want to stick at it. So what's the lesson there for the people listening? The lesson is that anything worth doing in life is if it's easy, it's not worth doing. And for me, um, I suppose I'm always looking at ways to challenge myself and, uh, so should everybody else. And I think too often uh, we're worried about, and, and let's be honest with social media and everything going in the world that people are very quick to judge each other. They know everything that's going on in your life and people are scared to put themselves out there because you will be judged. Um, and a lot of time people have an opinion on what you're doing. And I think that was the hardest thing for me to overcome and um, realize that probably the people that have got opinion of what I'm doing are probably jealous that I'm taking that risk and doing it. Um, but that's probably the, the hardest thing I've had to overcome. And, and that was early on, whereas now I'm very confident with what I do. I'm, and it's funny, um, the longer you do and just keep pushing, 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 those people who would put you down or would say you're not good enough, now they're the ones that are saying, geez, you're doing a good job, you know, and, and it'll come back around. So my advice to anybody is that it's not going to be easy, but if it was easy, it wouldn't get the results or it wouldn't be as amazing as what it is when it starts. And, and particularly something like for yourself, starting your business, mate, think about it. I bet that wasn't easy. It wasn't an easy decision to go, wrong and start a business to start changing lives. But now look at you because you're stuck at it. I think it's sticking at it and having like a high purpose. Like your high purpose was to engage students, right, with fun activities. And that was like, I guess that probably might be something that still drives you. I'm just assuming. And my high purpose is to revolutionize emotional support. And I think when you when you couple that with um, just like blind determination, like it's really hard to, it's, it's hard to not achieve that. You know what I mean? It's hard to not bounce back from setbacks, bounce back from failures. Because I've got a question as well. Hey, so I love that. Go for yeah, it. Sorry. Go for it. Now, I, I really like that, that um, it, it is about a purpose. And I think a lot of time people, their purpose is something they believe in, but they're scared to actually do it. And um, and then, and that's something the individuals need to overcome because uh, at the end of the day, there's only one person holding you back. It's not the people that are going to say to you that you're not good enough or you're not worthy or that you don't have the credibility to do that. It's it's the person between your two ears. And um once you can take that first step, it was like you saying in the podcast, Sammy, that you wanted to do it. And I remember, I think it was two weeks ago, I said, buy a mic, here's a 10-step te- te- course. This is what you need to do and you need to do it. And you just did it. And I know I pushed you to do it, but deep down you wanted to do it and you were the one that made the move. And I can't wait for a year's time to see how much that has developed. So I think that's a great example for people listening that use this time now where you're on lockdown and do something that excites you and scares you. And that's something you've wanted to do like Sammy for starting a podcast for you, mate. And I think use you as an example. That is a fantastic analogy because you'd wanted to do this, but now you're like, right. No, I'm just going to do it. 
And I know you were a little bit nervous before. I'm being, making you a little bit vulnerable here, but, mate, you've started off, bang, you've got the mic, and this is just going to go from strength to strength, and you will help more people with this. And so many people listening, whatever your skill or talent is, that that's going to help other people by you not doing it or not pulling the trigger with, you know, like some of these podcasts, then you're really letting people down and not giving the world or depriving them of your skill and talent. So that's a rant for me. I, I don't know where that went from. I should let you answer your question. Your question to me, mate, but um, I'll leave it to you. I don't even know where that came from. Sorry. No, I think, um, I think it's really great that we have the opportunity and the possibility to create stuff. And I love what you said about if you do have a skill that can help someone, but you're not doing it, or you're worried about what people think, or you're worried about failure, then think of the high purpose because I'd argue you're doing the world a disservice. Now, I remember when I did my first ever video, I was so scared, so nervous, <laughs> but I had this one question, which was like, who is the one person in the world this video will help? Because I guarantee the one piece of content will help someone. And that should be your drive. That should be the drive for the podcast. If one person listens to it and takes something away from Dale, then that's amazing. That's an absolute win in my book. So I think, think about the higher purpose and just take that. Don't be afraid to take the first step because then Dale said earlier, like those little steps lead into big, big changes. And then all of a sudden, you know, you, you're running something like energetic education. It's yeah. like gone around the world, you know? Well, and I, I think with that as well, saying is that, I look back at my podcast and I've been going four years now and 180 odd episodes. And I look back at the first, I think 15 episodes and they were either meditations, like story-based meditations that my mum had written for me as a child. So I'd go to sleep or these story-based movement adventures where you do fitness work and stuff. Now I'm interviewing sports stars, the biggest authors around the world, coaches, you name it, but it doesn't have to be perfect. It's like anything you evolve and you grow. And um, I think that's a really good point that, that if you're waiting for the right opportunity to do something, there's no right opportunity because you actually don't know what your potential is. You don't know what people are like or what your interests will change. And like with energetic education, it started off running PE workshops. Now I'm going into massive international schools and running full staff sessions on well-being. I'll then do ones with parents. I'll then do ones with the leadership team. I'll do them with students. It's amazing what happens when you allow yourself. And it's like the podcast, you know, just start and then you figure it out. I think some people get caught up in wanting everything perfect and they've got to have the perfect website, the perfect social media, the perfect name. I remember the first time I came up with Student Breakthrough, I thought I hated this name, but I was like, I'm just going to start. <laughs> and now I love it. It's like part of, you know, I guess my identity in some ways. Um, but it's just about taking that first step and being brave to take that first step. So you mentioned earlier, Dale, I'd love for you to get your opinion on this, which is like, how do you, how does someone build confidence in your eyes? Or how does someone grow in confidence? It's something that I work with lots of students on, the, the, the C word, the confidence word. I'd love to get your insights on that. Oh, and it, and it is such a, it is such a hard one, particularly, um, I know growing up, I, I didn't have the pressures of social media. Don't get me wrong. I, I love it. And we probably wouldn't have connected without it. So, you know, and I think it's amazing, but I just think the pressures that young kids are on today are so hard um, and it is stressful. So confidence is a big one. And for me, that is where students or young kids need to put time into themselves every day, right? And we spoke about this before that um, in my TED Talk, I talk about it, that um, doing the peg every day, that some form of play, exercise, gratitude, and some form of giving. But it's easier said than done, and it is going to be hard. So uh, I feel that it needs to be a family approach 
So if parents listening here and your child is low in confidence or thing, then you need to start doing things with them. You need to start building it up for them. And, and what that does, it breaks down that vulnerability, like we spoke about before, that they may be scared to go to a gym or start a new class or, um, you know, they might be scared to start practicing gratitude at night or sending, you know, kindness into the world. But if you make it as a part of a family routine, then you start that as a family, right? And, and you build that confidence together. I think too often that parents leave it up to teachers and teachers think parents don't do enough. And it's a bit of vice versa. As I play tennis at Wimbledon, you know, you're going back and forth, <laughs> back and forth. So my thing is start it at home. If you have a child, take it on board to work with them and build the confidence together, build it up as a team. Everybody's a team. Um, but find stuff that they love doing and, and try and make it part of your daily routine. And uh, for me, once you get those great habits going early, they it's like emotional literacy. We know how to build resilience and deal with certain things when we grow up because we've got that, you know, we've got that barrier we can deal with. It's the same with confidence. If you start building that confidence up as your child is growing up, then they're going to have emotional confidence or, or whatever you want to call it, mm. and they, that's going to flow on to the rest of their life. So I feel it, it doesn't just happen. It's a gradual thing, but it's a team thing as well. Anything in life is around a team. And you'll know yourself, Sam, you, you wouldn't have been able to build your brand without the support of your family, your girlfriend, the people around you, your friends. It's the same as confidence. You need to get everybody working together. Yeah, no, mate, massively, massively appreciate that as well. Um, I think the family approach is really interesting because especially if you are a parent listening to this, like those beliefs that your, your sons and daughters take on are formed by from such a young age. And if you're ingraining them with gratitude, with kindness, with even mindfulness, they're going to take that on for the rest of their lives and then help their kids and they're going to help other people. So I think it does all start at home because you can have the best coach, the best speaker, the best teacher. Damage when, is done. Yeah. And you know, I'm, you know, People can't choose their families. I totally understand that. But if if you're a parent, listen to this. Like the language you use is so important. Like you'll know that. Like the language we use creates our reality, and it's about shaping that to empower our kids. Yeah, so so true, mate. And I think like anybody can change, and anybody can make their own change. And I spoke about this in my TED talk at 30. I wasn't a person I was happy with. I wasn't. I didn't like who I was, and um, I'm now 35, and I've been able to change that. But what I'm saying is that this is something that. Um, and my parents did a really good job. I was just not the best kid. But, you know, people can change. You can build confidence. It just takes a lot of work. And so if you've got a young kid, like you said, then it needs to be a family approach and you need to work together. If you're a bit older and you're not happy with your life, then you've got one person to look at. Look in the mirror and you need to change that yourself. If you want more confidence, start being a better person. Work it yourself. Once you figure out things for yourself and you put that time in, then that will reflect in everything you do in life and your confidence will build. Yeah, really well said, my man. Really well said. Um, I want to talk about your TED Talk. It's called Narcissist to Nice. What is that about, that title? Yeah, so um, as, as I say in the TED Talk, the first 30 years of my life, I was so driven on being successful on being the best. And like I was, when I got back from London, I was making apps. I was teaching full-time. I started a, a fitness business. So in the morning I would, so every, sorry, every night I'd get up at 2.30 AM and that's when I'd speak to all my developers and people around the world building the apps. I'd then 
go back to sleep. I'd get up at 4.30. I'd go and run a boot camp. I'd run a couple of PT sessions. Then I'd go and teach all day. I'd come home and have a 20-minute sleep. Then I'd go and run two or three PT sessions, another boot camp. I'd come home, eat, and then I'd do probably three hours of work on the business. And I did this for years. And what I found was that I was chasing this amazing thing. I'll be happy when. I'll be happy when I get this. I'll be happy when I do that. I'd achieve one of these goals, Sammy. And do you know what? I wouldn't celebrate about, no, nah, I've got to go on to the next one. Mm. Money, status, all these different things. And nothing was making me happy. And it basically got to a stage where, mate, I hit complete rock bottom. Um, my marriage broke up. I lost everything. I'd pushed away a lot of people in my house. Uh, in my Not my house. I lost the house, but um, in my life and everything like that. So um, for me, narcissistic, I was, and people say, you weren't a narcissist all the time. And, and 100%, I wasn't probably 5% of the time, I would put people down and I'd do not nice things to people because I wasn't happy with myself. So that was me as a narcissist. And I suppose what I've figured out now is how to be nice all the time. And it, I'll tell you what, it's so much better being nice. And don't get me wrong, I'm still driven um, and I always will be, but I don't uh, categorize everything on items or status, um, whereas I used to. I think I love, I totally resonate with that. It's a massive lesson I've learned recently um, is patience. And see this whole journey, this whole student breakthrough thing as like a part of my life's work. Like it might not be my whole life, but it's going to take, it's going to take, it's my mission to change emotional support. It's my mission to revolutionize, revolutionize education. Um, and those kind of success metrics or vanity metrics, right? Like, I don't know, money or cars or houses or whatever are actually just little milestones on your journey. And I think people get too wrapped up and I want to come back with you the question, which was, what was driving you back then? Yeah, so it was, um, for me, it was how people perceived me. I wanted to look like I was the most successful, most wealthy. Um, I just cared about my image and what other people thought of me. Um, and because I thought I was going well, I thought, I, you know, I was better than people. I could speak down to people. And that was the narcissist side of me. And um, I figured out that my, my father come from, like, we had nothing growing up and, and he was quite successful. And I was like, you know what, I, I want to do that and better. And I don't know why. There was never any pressure at home. It was just some, this ridiculous thing that I was always chasing. I was chasing this, like, goal that I was making up and I kept making that goal further and further and it wasn't, no one else was putting any pressure on me. It was just myself. Um, so I had these unrealistic expectations of what happiness was. And uh, I talk about it now that I'm glad that happened because I don't think I'd ever be as happy as I am right now. But I'll tell you what, if people can, you know, stop and think for a second and, and think about what's really important in life, um, I, I know it took me hitting rock bottom to figure that out. I, I just hope other people, and that's why I did my TED Talk, and um, when they go, what's the title? I go, narcissistic to nice. And people are like, oh, that's a really strong title. You'll probably turn people off. But I wanted to do the other thing. I wanted to say, right, that my narcissistic behaviours, little put-downs here and there are not acceptable. And that attitude towards life, you were never better than anyone else. And that was a big thing I wanted to come across from it and also make it fun. And and that that was it. But the title, I wanted to really zap people and it might scare people off. Because people might resonate with some of their, you know, they might have some of those traits I had. And the thing is, it's never too late to change. You can always get people back in your life. Um, but unless you do something about it, nothing will change. So, um, yeah, pretty pretty, uh, pretty confronting title. But um, one I'm really glad I sort of went with, Sammy. 
And it just kind of sums up what we talk about student breakthrough that, you know, failure is a blessing. We grow through what we go through, all these kind of great, great quotes. But it really summarizes that, that again, if you didn't have that, that pain or you weren't, you didn't have that awareness, then you wouldn't be here today in terms of what you're doing with the business and yeah. the people you're impacting and the lives, you're, you know, the students you're helping. Um, yeah. So what's one piece of advice, my man, for a student listening to this, right? A school student, if you had like, I guess, time travel back to your life or something you'd give to yourself, um, what would that be? Yeah, so I, I love looking back at this and, and one of the, the best things I wish I had done is being able to listen better. And I think about this all the time and I, I actually think it comes with time that you figure this out, but I was always that person that instead of when someone else was talking, I was just waiting to talk again. And I was, I thought I was so important. And my thing now is if you're listening, you can never learn something when you're talking. Every opportunity you have in life is an opportunity to grow and learn. If you're talking, you're missing out on that. And unfortunately for a lot of my life, Sammy, I was talking, I was underwater with a mouthful of marbles talking <laughs> and you know, like I missed out on all these opportunities. I wish I had had, had the chance to slow down because, and I'm still crazy, but I slow down now and I actually, I'm more invested in how other people are and what they're doing. And it actually makes me feel better. No one likes someone that just talks at them about themselves. So if you're in high school and you're like, how can I be a better person, a better friend, better, better anything, become a better listener. All right. And actually take on board what people are saying. Don't just wait to talk again. And I wish I had been better at that, mate. Yeah, I think there's a great quote that we always talk about student breakthrough, which is, um, you know, in life, we don't listen to understand, we listen to reply. And I think changing our awareness, especially from a young age, just slow down and really connect with people because it's that classic phrase again, like we're more connected than ever, we're actually more disconnected because those face-to-face conversations are sometimes we're not, we're not focused we're on our phones, right? We're, we're distracted. We're, but if you actually give someone your time and, your, and, your, and listen, right, really intently with empathy, with your heart, great things happen. Yeah. And, and, and that's so that's so true, mate. And like you just said, you cannot multitask. People that say they're multitasking, they're just doing two things not well. So <laughs> if you're listening and doing something else, that's BS because you're not giving that person the full attention. Things can wait. We're not that busy. And I think that's the key, mate. Like, like you just said, I wish I had have gone through student breakthrough when I was, you know, in year 10, year 11, because um, those skills was something that I, it took me a long time to get in life. So the work you're doing, mate, I take my hat off because it is really needed, particularly, like you said, with phones, they are the biggest distraction. Totally. And um, yeah, the listening thing so, so important. So I think just take something away from that, just like connect with people in your life on a deeper level. Dale, mate, I've just been blown away by your energy and the webinar and just today sharing your story. I really, really do appreciate it. Um, where can people, I guess, connect with you? online um yeah, so, podcast. yeah well thanks Sam. i mean i really appreciate you having me on the show mate it's um yeah i'm very humbled to be uh very close to the state of podcast phrasing um probably the best spot i've got oh mate i've got about eight or nine different websites <laughs> so probably the best the best spots probably uh if you're on instagram my handle is just at dale sidebottom um or on twitter i'm pretty active on there and that's just at dale sidebottom as well if you go on those reach out and, and then you'll see different avenues you can go and check out some of the other things i've got i've got my podcast which is uh energetic radio it's probably very fitting for um my energy and and stuff like that <laughs> i went with that so so um yeah probably the best spot is just on instagram mate where we connect uh, at dale sidebottom and reach out and um if you've got any questions like i said in the webinar i'm always 
I really like helping other people now and it gives me great pleasure. So um, if something I said today did resonate with you, then hit me up, hit me a message and, and I promise I'll get back to you. Definitely worth following Dale on social. He is a fantastic guy. He's helped me so much and we've only known each other, I guess, if, I guess a month really. A month, mate. Um, what a month it is. <laughs> what a month it's been. But that's what I mean. It's about meeting people who are like-valued, not like-minded, like people who connect with you on your values. So for me, it's, it's honesty, integrity, um, education, helping kids, this kind of stuff. And it's so, so important when you find those people. So Dale, I'm grateful to see you. Thank you for being guest number one on the Breakthrough Pod. Guys, have an awesome rest of your day. Thanks for listening to the Breakthrough Pod. We'd love for you to connect with us on Facebook and Instagram by searching Student Breakthrough. Make sure to subscribe to catch our next episode. Live your best life and have an awesome day.